Heavy Hops is a Scorched Tundra production. You can access all our episodes with detailed show notes and information about upcoming events by visiting scorchedtundra.com slash heavy hops. Be sure to follow us on your preferred social media platform. Subscribe, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access podcasts. Thanks for supporting us and enjoy the show. It feels like there's a real strong kindred spirit. And that means a lot to us. It's not just about business. It can't be for us. It's got to be about something more. It's got to be about people. And it's got to be about community and making good stuff. Welcome to Heavy Hops. My name is Alexi. Run the Jewels has not only taken the music world by storm, but they're also making waves in beverage and specifically beer. Their history of making or lending their brand to collaborations with Innerborough and Pipeworks were initial opening experiences for how they can connect with more audiences and create new opportunities for people to experience RTJ. Since those initial events in 2017, RTJ has launched a number of other beer projects, including the No Save Point IPA, released in collaboration with 13 breweries from multiple countries. The namesake song features in the game Cyberpunk 2077. Today, I'm joined by co-manager of Run the Jewels, Amiche Uzogawe, and Kate Rankin, who lead these partnerships and business development endeavors. We discuss how worlds of RTJ and craft beer overlap, how collaborations such as Never Look Back allow for social justice issues to be highlighted, and what future collaborations or co-branding opportunities may look like. There's no doubt there will be more beer in that future. Let's dive and get heavy. Kate, Amici, welcome to Heavy Hops. It's a pleasure to have you both on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Alexi. Happy to be here. So uh, let's begin with uh, with you, Amici. And uh, I want you to tell me a little bit about how the spheres of craft beer and Run the Jewels came together initially and how you decided on the folks that you worked with. I sort of recall uh, Innerborough being mm-hmm. uh, an original partner in all of that. Can you kind of walk us through Absolutely. the origin of this? Absolutely. I mean, it was sort of a happy accident, to be honest. As I like to say, these guys stumble into awesomeness on a regular basis. <clears throat> and in this regard, it was the Pitchfork Festival in Chicago, 2015, I believe. And we were approached about doing a beer collab because they were doing with Goose Island was doing a series of artist collabs around the Pitchfork Fest. And we were all in, you know, at that point, the guys were just starting to really emerge. I mean, to be honest, we're happy to talk to anyone who wanted to talk to us, right? Especially doing something this this cool and interesting. And the guy, it really clicked for the guys because they got to be a part of the whole process. They got to go to the brewery. They got to pick the hops. They got to, you know, take, they got to really help shape the end product. And the experience in general was so, was so fun and rewarding to them. And also the reception from the, from the fans was so strong. It ended up being their most popular collaboration. So we, we knew something was happening, especially when they approached us about doing something bigger, which we considered. Um, that conversation ended up not moving forward. You know, they were purchased by Anheuser-Busch and, and we decided not to continue those conversations. It's too early for us. But we did want to continue doing craft beer because we really felt a connection to that world. Uh, I've said it before, the similarities, the analogs between independent music and craft brewing are so strikingly similar, right? It warms our hearts. I mean, it's just like, uh, 
it feels like uh, kindred spirits in so many ways. So as we were exploring what to do next, we had a conversation with Brooklyn Brewery. That was interesting. But then we just sort of stopped and thought about someone that was very close to us um, who had actually worked for LP and myself. We had a label called Definitive Chucks for about 10 years. And this guy named Jesse Ferguson, who was at my first intern, I think, when he was 19, um, and ended up becoming the general manager of our label. He sort of segued out towards the end of it. To, he left the music business to pursue craft brewing, which he'd been doing as a hobby while he worked for us. And uh, we never really took it that seriously. It was, you know, Jesse with the, Jesse with the home brews again, you know. Um, but they were actually pretty good. And his passion for it was very clear. And he made a bold move and he ended up ultimately launching Interborough in Brooklyn. So when we were really thinking about next steps, it was like, well, who better to do it with than Jesse? He's part of our family. And it's something that just felt right. So we did that initially. And through Jesse, we were able to meet some other great partners like Burial Beer in North Carolina and the Creature Comforts folks in Georgia and Kate through, you know, at Pipeworks, which was another one of our early collaborators. So that really set us on our path. And from there, we were very lucky to win like some, a great award for our first beer, like IPA of the year from, some, from a magazine. And people just really responded well to the fact that Run the Jewels was getting into this space. And for us, again, I'll, I'll say it again, the similarities between the two worlds were, was really invigorating to us because finally people who can relate to the, you know, an independent music you're you know, the focus on the quality of the music, you know, the uh, how important that every aspect of making music and making the album and the artwork and the community and the outreach and all of that is so important. Um, and it just felt like home with craft growing. So we decided to keep moving forward and, and having fun with it. We're lucky and we know we're lucky because it didn't need to be our main source of like revenue. So we could be, we could take some more chances. We're all more real brewer and we weren't pretending to be. We just wanted to make great beer with people we liked. And uh, it just kept rolling. And we're able to really expand the footprint in some cool ways, um, even internationally. And then we got to a point where uh, we had to either take it really seriously or just sort of put it on the shelf. But it was working too well for us and we're enjoying it too much to stop because we do a lot of things, you know, beyond music. And the guys are pretty busy, but this is something that was really important to us. So that's when I reached out to Kate and she joined the fold and helped take it to another level. You know, that's sort of the general Genesis story. You know, it's been one hell of a ride and met amazing people. So why stop? Yeah, Kate, if you want to jump in here and uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, you were on the end of uh, being at Pipeworks and you had the opportunity to work with, uh, run the jewels uh, for the stay gold beer and amici just sort of signposted some pretty important characteristics that are overlaps between sort of the music world and the artist world and then the artisanal producer world were those some things that you sort of uh saw and that made this project a little bit interesting to you oh yeah definitely there was what year was that amici the Lollapalooza? that was man that would have been yeah, it was 2017 and I, you know, Pipeworks through Jesse at Innerborough had the opportunity to brew a state gold collaboration with RTJ 
Um, and then as part of that, um, me and Jared Saul, who was at um, Emporium at the time, kind of concocted an idea to put together like an RTJ event at Emporium there, which was like a whole build out. And it was just, it was a really cool way to kind of further incorporate the music, kind of like the artistic side of things um, and the beer as well. So it was like one whole experience uh, for me. And that really just sort of hit home the possibilities of combining music and beer. And just like Amici's just been saying, um, how closely aligned those two things are. Um, anytime we've, I, I've talked about it on your podcast before, but anytime, you know, you're making a beer, you're also thinking of what you want to communicate about it and the art work that goes into it and kind of the overall vibe of the beer and how the liquid is going to match up with the story you're telling and the collaboration and the narrative. Um, and so everything that RTJ was excited about is all stuff that I'm excited about as well. Um, so that was, it was just another opportunity for me to, you know, um, have, have a chance to kind of work with some folks who are also as excited about those things as, as I am. That would, Kate and Jared did in Chicago was so awesome. They crushed it. It was really successful for us. And that also, like Will Bronson, my partner managing around the jewels, that really opened our eyes like that moment, <clears throat> that week to the next level of possibilities. And, and so much so we brought Kate to do something for us in New York, a launch at Max Fish mm -hmm. bar in the Lower East Side and just kept rolling. So we're really lucky to have her on our team. Yeah, it's been great. And we've, I mean, recently been able to to do some pretty incredible releases too. We were able to work with Jared again because now he's at City right. Water um, with Salamov. So we were able to release a, a pink lemonade hard seltzer with them, which was just like incredibly fun to do. Um, so it's, it's just like you know, been really good to kind of also keep those relationships flowing as we're, you know, working on new collaborations. Um, just kind of keeping the thread of, you know, bringing new people in and working with new people, getting to know new breweries, um, and also sort of keeping the um, old connections alive, especially like Jesse um, from Innerborough and, you know, and Jared. And yeah, it's been good. And it's allowed us to learn, like from our side, from the non-beer expert side, but just beer fan side. We've learned so much and we've been very lucky to have this kind of runway with not much pressure. You know, as from the business side of it, to really enjoy the enjoy the experience and enjoy learning about this world and enjoy making the connections and building the relationships and actually forming real friendships. Out of it. You know, <clears throat> that's pretty meaningful to us. Absolutely, uh, I want to touch on something that you that you mentioned a moment ago, Amici, and that is that that pop up event at Emporium in 2017 was a, sort of a, an opening experience in some way in terms of different mm -hmm. possibilities that uh, could come as a result of this type of uh, collaboration right. and also kind of putting the Run the Jewels brand, if you will, in these types of places and interacting with these types of brands. And so right. what, what to you were kind of some of the biggest takeaways from that led you into being open to investing more time and resources into this idea and letting it kind of go. I think it was the fact that this, this real, you know, several days long experience was achieved and people came through and, and, and really seemed to enjoy it. And, but I think it's, for me, it's, it was convergence of, of what the possibilities were because the creative, what Cade and the crew did creatively was so fucking awesome. 
you know, and it really just, it helped. We're big on the RT building its RTJ universe, right? Just it's our sort of like uh, ethos. We're always focused on, on making that universe as interesting as possible. And this was a moment where all that came together and it was really, you know, representative in so many different ways from the music to the beer, to the art and the experience and the people and the vibe. And it was like, man, this works. Like it actually, it's not just about mm-hmm. making a beer, which is obviously the core and the pillar and the most important thing. But there's more we can do here to make it an experience that ties into who RTJ is as a, as a group, as a brand, as individuals, the community aspect, huge. Like I've, I've used this example before, and this is not Chicago, but it's North Carolina when we did something with Burial Beer. And we went, went up to the mountains of Asheville, you know, we made the trek, we, we pull up to the brewery and there's this long ass line. And we're like, what are all the people here for? <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, they're here for a run of jewels. And they really set up this amazing thing. And it was so chill and awesome. I mean, Killer Mike's sitting in a picnic bench surrounded by fans, rolling spliffs. He's got his wife on FaceTime video, introducing her to everyone, you know, drinking beer. This is beautiful, you know? And it felt like, said it felt like home, like that vibe. And, uh, and these things, the, the community aspect of it and the, and the love for beer, the love for what these guys do musically sort of just came together and, and they're sort of, you know, they're men and they're the people's champs. They're not like these celebrities who you can't relate to or reach out and touch and some, you know? So that really, more than anything, the idea of these experiences, um, that we could do something bigger here and reach more people that way. So beer, that the beer audience is massively you know, important to us. We've got a lot of fans who rep the craft beer hard. We learned about like on a Reddit, you know, people would be organizing tailgates before our shows, like beer tailgates. And we're like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is so cool. Like, we need to speak to this algorithm more. And, uh, and that's what we've tried to do. But again, Chicago was the sort of thing that opened up that portal for us. And we just tried to keep building on that. And uh, for you, Kate, you part of Collaboration's a big part of what craft beer has been in the contemporary sense. And certainly for Pipeworks and for a lot of breweries that came in that third wave 2010 plus mm-hmm. the collaboration and, you know, being with like-minded folks and uh, building new connections has been important. Tell me a little bit about what you experienced in all of that work put into a big event that crossed over all of these different sorts of groups. Absolutely. And I I feel like the reason that collaborations have been so important in the beer industry are the same reason why they're important for RTJ as well. I mean, there's something to be learned every single time. And there's something for like, you know, at maybe maybe it'll be Killer Mike or it'll be LP who suggests something or it'll be Amici who suggests, hey, we'd like to emphasize this or this kind of aroma would be really, in, you know, interesting to us. And to work with, you know, we just made a collaboration with Beer Gentlemen um, out of Braddock, Pennsylvania. And they were like, okay, cool. Let's run with the terpenes idea. And we can really make an IPA that's like focused on terpenes, which is something that's, you know, not every brewery has put the effort into doing. And so then we learned a little bit about that. And um, I mean, then also it's kind of like you're learning about the community and what's important to them. And so then RTJ is able to make, in combination with Beer Gentlemen, a donation to Steel City Arts Initiative. 
So there's, there's just a lot of learning that goes into it and a lot of kind of community connections every single time, which is, has what's, you know, that's what sort of helped breweries who are small, who don't have a massive, you know, marketing foothold kind of like, you know, connect to each other, connect to new locate people in new locations, connect beyond to where they would normally be seen as just kind of the local brewery. That's kind of been happening with us as well. I mean, now whether or not some of these breweries that we're working with right now would would not have had, I mean, RTJ's got kind of a national, if not, I mean, global platform that they've created. And so it's pretty incredible to be able to work with some of these breweries that don't yet have that platform and able to share that with them. And that's been kind of a nice way for us to contribute to the community sharing um, and just like introduce people to new breweries that maybe they didn't know about or they haven't crossed their radar yet. Um, In the same way that I think craft breweries work together to kind of help each other build up and and get to know communities outside of what is their like local community. It's a great point. And thank you for making that, Kate. You know, it's... uh... You know, RTJ definitely reps for the underdog. We can relate. And to see small businesses making great products, striving, and just need a lit, you know, if we can do anything, like to give them a little more shine or a little more exposure, you know, we're happy to do it. Because like I said, we can relate to the struggle of how hard it is to make something that you really love and care about and put your whole life into and like literally struggle to, you know, to keep the lights on and struggle to keep your life on <laughs> while you're yeah. while you're trying to show the world that what you make, right, means something. You know, and it's also awesome, don't get me wrong, to collaborate with the larger breweries like we have, like your Goose Islands and your Brooklyn breweries and stuff. That's amazing too. And you learn so much from those experiences. But working with the small brewers is something that, especially the new initiative we've done with the Black Craft Brewers, means a lot to us because representation is important. And as we got into it, we saw that it wasn't very well represented um, in terms of diversity or opportunity. And if we can play a little role in expanding the footprint, they're great. As owners of the company who are people of color and as as Kate, as a woman running the show, we feel it's important for us to uh, do our part to to expand, like I said, the footprint of inclusivity and opportunity because, you know, everyone loves beer. And as Killer Mike wants, I mean, his goal is to make a craft beer for the people, not have it be something that's very super precious and super uh, sort of uh, so elevated that your regular folk, he wants, you know, can't reach it. He wants to brew that his homies in Atlanta will want to drink, right? And it's available to them. And for us, that's a really interesting and and worthy goal. We'll see if we get there, but we're on our way. I want to dive a little further into this uh, point of diversity and inclusion and welcoming a lot more people into the space of craft beer and sort of the role that uh, RTJ can play in that. And so one of the collaborations that I was noticing recently and that I think you sort of referenced earlier is the Never Look Back uh, Black Rice Lager made in conjunction with Beer Culture and Green Bench Brewing. For listeners that may not be aware of uh, Beer Culture, it's a nonprofit working with local and national breweries to foster more inclusive hiring practices and also uh, fundraising for underserved communities. Green Bench, those are. Green Bench is a St. <laughs> Petersburg-based brewery and head brewer and uh, co-owner Chris Johnson is one of the most prominent and rightfully so well-respected. Shout out black. to Chris. 
Yeah, Shout well, <laughs> well, uh, well-respected brewers in America, and certainly black brewer as well. How did this partnership come about? Starting with you know how this came about in particular. Quick correction: It's just a rice, it's a premium rice lager. So it's um, like a regular. I think you meant said black rice lager, but it's just regular rice lager. But it is very, very drinkable and very tasty. And Chris, of course, brewed an incredibly tasty, very crushable, super light lager that I cracked one this weekend. And I was like, man. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. When we were first talking, I brought up El Presidente as that sort of uh, crisp, like that sort of, uh, it's not a craft beer, obviously, but it's something that for hot weather really yeah. resonates. And, uh, and he, he liked that idea. He made something special. Really enjoy it. Absolutely. We we actually got that one going just because I was aware of the good things that they've been doing through beer culture and just kind of like hit them up at their info at <laughs> um, and just was like, would you guys be interested in doing something like this? And not sure what it means yet, but let's kind of talk it out. They have a great organization. I, I mean, everyone who I've um, worked with through the, just this project, incredible enthusiasm for the industry and incredible enthusiasm for like making quality products. That's right. Yeah. They're, they're really doing some excellent work across the board. Um, their whole team. It's, it's been really great. That's right. And we're happy to support it in the beer culture gang and, and what they're doing to raise awareness of opportunities for people of color in the craft beer industry and providing scholarships and stuff for them to get training and certification it's so much harder for people from these communities to get access, right? But like I said, everyone loves beer and they do something really cool where they do, they go into the hood with, and they basically set up block parties and craft beer pop-ups in communities where you nor never would see that. So I think it's something that's important and that gave birth Kate's outreach to them and not getting going gave birth to our whole initiative of, of working with black craft brewers. So they were the tip of the spear in, in galvanizing that. You're listening to Heavy Hops. We'll have more from Amichi Uzogawe and Kate Rankin in a minute. There are a few things happening in the world of Heavy Hops and Scorched Tundra at the moment I want to share. You can find tickets to Scorched Tundra Presents shows, such as Yellow Eyes and Immortal Bird at the Empty Bottle on November 5th at scorchedtundra.com slash tickets. We've also created a crowdfunding source for all things Heavy Hops and Scorched Tundra. If you love what we do, want to support us find the donate link in the episode notes and give what you'd like giving any amount will grant you access to our discord community and an opportunity to contribute to making this show and scorched tundra content the best it can be please also consider sharing this episode with the nerds in your life rating us and leaving a review on apple podcasts which helps others find us thanks for this moment and back to our conversation with amichi uzogawe and kate rankin what other sorts of partnerships with black or minority owned breweries? What, what do these sorts of things look like in the future? Obviously one of the things is that we would love to see more of these breweries in the future. And right. this is sort of one of the uh, things that can help get that going. Well, we want to extend it. We're going to keep doing some more collaborations like this. We'll see it's, you know, it's just the beginning and it's early and I'm not sure it's ever been done before. So we're going to keep building on this. And, you know, we've been a part of one festival already, the Barrel and Flow Festival in Pennsylvania, and now with Blacktoberfest, which is happening in both LA and North Carolina in a few days. We're excited to see how that response is. We were able to bring in Volcom, the surf and skate apparel company who works closely with Run the Jewels to help get behind the festival a little bit too. So, you know, we believe in their mission and we're going to keep supporting it. 
We're going to expand it, uh, hopefully internationally, as someone who's half Nigerian, like getting that going uh, in Africa is, is a big priority for me, too. And just seeing where we can take it. And we're not trying to force ourselves or impose ourselves onto the scene. We're trying to get in where we fit in and, and really be, a, you know, hopefully bring some value to the conversation and to the effort. And you never know. You know, we've come across some really exceptional recipes from some of these uh, brewers that we never would have known of otherwise and uh, really proud to be associated with them. You know, it's beyond just, you know, black craft brewers for us. It's about what, what can we do in general, right? That this is where we start. Next thing it could be female brewers. Next thing you never know, you know, we're, we're getting an international footprint now. So that's also interesting to us. How do we expand? How do we be inclusive while still maintaining a standard of excellence, which was what we try and do with the music. One of the first things that Amici said to me that I was like, oh, I, yeah, I'd like to be on board is he was really trying to focus on or really sold me on the idea of, you know, that they were motivated, that RTJ is motivated to not just like make beer collaborations, but to also expand the platform of people who are making beer and to kind of give more focus on, you know, more perspectives. And um, that was something that was always like, I was like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board to help in that in whatever way I you know, possibly can. That's the, that's the mission that needs to happen to take craft beer to the next stage for Blacktoberfest, which is the event that Amici referenced. Um, that's October 8th. So it will have happened by the time this airs. But <laughs> but um, hopefully the beer will still be available in some capacity. That's a collaboration with uh, Mike Potter of Proximity Brewing and Brianna Brake of Spaceway Brewing Company in uh, North Carolina. And both of those breweries have kind of a, a similar, you know, mission of their own. And Blacktoberfest is just really celebrating all of those perspectives coming together in craft beer. And I, I just love that beer is becoming a place where that can happen because for most of my time in craft beer, that hasn't been the case. So very excited that RTJ can be a part of that uh, in any yeah, I think for a big change to occur, it takes like a, a very large power broker to come into the room and shake things up. And sometimes that can come from oftentimes really effectively from spaces beyond the area that actually needs to be changed in the first place. And so it's all and well that the trade groups can do things to help, but also it requires the outside seeing change that needs to occur yeah. and providing a different perspective. That's right. And the, uh, you know, we like to keep the pint glass half full, so to speak. You know, we look at, there's a lot of opportunity. It's, it's similar again, music. It's like when you discover, when you go on tour and you stumble upon an artist in some part of the country or the world that never would have heard, uh, and heard their music otherwise, probably. Right. And you're blown away. You know, same thing with beer. We'll meet these partners or, you know, discover these amazing brewers and be like, man, it'd be great to give them some shine if we can. Some don't need us, right? Some are doing their thing just fine. Um, and it's more about the fun of collaboration together, liking each other. But it's exciting to see what people all around the world are doing, what we're doing in Mexico. We're on our second beer that's dropping this fall. Um, the first one was like number one on Amazon Mexico of all alcohol which completely blew our minds, not something we expected, you know, but we've been able to use beers. It's actually bigger than music. Sometimes internationally, the way in isn't through the music because RTJ isn't making pop music. They're not making sing-along music. It's pretty hard music. And sometimes with language barriers and other things, you know, it makes it pretty tough, but you know, everyone loves beer. And if you can sort of open people up 
to the musical conversation through the beer, you know, we discovered that that is a way in. And we've had people come to the music because they like the beer. And that's really amazing to us. And it just shows you that you can find audience everywhere. It's how hard are you going to work for them, right? And what are you going to do to earn their support or their affinity? It starts with making great product. Then the next hard thing is to let people know about it so they can actually try it and stuff. So we do our best. We're pretty good marketing juggernaut. So we can bring all our firepower to the table for these collaborations. And it helps the no safe point collab we did with cyberpunk for the video game cyberpunk 2077 is a great example. We ended up having 12 beers around the world in conjunction with that release. And we did have a 13, right? We had a song in the video game. The guys were a big part of the, uh, the whole video game promotion and being able to like roll the beer off of that and do it internationally was fucking awesome. And we sold a lot of beer. Yeah. And made a lot of great connections and relationships that we'll continue to build on and doing more work with, uh, you know, beyond Cyberpunk. Kate, when you were looking into the 13 or maybe you had more, maybe you had fewer uh, breweries lined up for that uh, Cyberpunk no save point release, what kind of went into looking into the partners as far as the producers and, you know, the construction of beers themselves without going into each of them? You know, what kind of involvement does the musical entity of RTJ have and versus you or is it more depending on the producer run with it you're sharing an idea and they're running with it from a construction standpoint that was my my first um like rtj project to lead um and that was um you know when it came to who we're working with on that a lot of it was sort of reaching out to breweries that we've all that rtj had already developed relationships with that Amici already had relationships with or that, you know, there had already been a show in that area and they had met some, you know, there was, there were connections there. For example, you know, Brolo in Germany was a brewery that Amici had and RTJ had worked with. Um, and Love I, them. Yeah, they're amazing. And I had not been familiar with them, but um, was able to, you know, see if they wanted to participate in in this larger collaboration. And sure enough, they did. I had a few relationships with folks um, through just, you know, years in the brewing industry. Um, for example, the folks at Moondog, I actually met, uh, which is an Australian brewery. I actually met them at a festival in Beijing a couple of years ago. Um, so just, it was, it was interesting to be able to kind of fold in old relationships from all different part, you know, all different corners of, the beer and music worlds. And then what we did with that one was we set up a base, a base like recipe. And um, that was something that was really just sort of a very simple 6% recipe, which was, you know, formulated because we wanted to have a base level for everyone to kind of riff on. So that way we could sort of highlight what each individual brewery does absolutely best. So for example, you know, it was, the brewery in um, Cerveza Minerva in Mexico decided to add agave and made, make a mezcal um, IPA out of it, which was really incredible. And then we had the folks in Germany who have their own, you know, rules that they have to <laughs> work around um, for the for what they have to brew, and um, they can't add, you know, things that are, you know, they can't add adjuncts really beyond um, hops without some pretty major hurdles. 
Um, so they did a pretty straightforward beer that was really well made. It was just, uh, it ended up sort of being like a, um, when you're compiling a, a remix album and you have every single brewery doing almost like a an artist collaborating on an album where everyone's sort of t- doing their own riff on their own track. And then it kind of comes together to have some cohesion, but also really highlight what's special and different between all the breweries. So yeah, that was a really an incredible project. Met a lot of great breweries through that breweries we hadn't worked with before and um, breweries that we definitely had, um, you know, such as Innerborough. It was a great time to kind of get to know sort of what RTJs, how it works when we're setting up these collaborations and something that's been a through line through it all is just the RTJ influence. It's very, nothing happens without, you know, Amici and the guys knowing about it. So it's um, definitely not something that I'm just kind of putting together and being like, all right, here you go. It's a definite collaborative process um, every single step of the way. And I kind of think of myself more as like a, almost like a translator sometimes, um, or just being able to weigh in on certain nuances of the beer industry that, you know, maybe, Michi and RTJ haven't yet come across um, and just make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page. So we all are able to kind of come to the table with an equal footing, more or less. No, everyone <laughs> plays the role, you know, even though they're not involved in the day to day, you know, I will get phone calls like I did from LP last week where he wants to take things. You know, it's not just the creative side, but like the growth and, you know, we're getting ready to do our own contract group. And that's something that he's really pushing hard for. But it's something that, you know, the artwork and the labels and all of that, they get to have their imprint, the taste, things like that. So without their guidance, really, this is their their thing. It wouldn't work because uh, they're the reason we're doing it. It's their inspiration and it's their motivation. They're great to have. Like, I think you're, you know, from a marketing standpoint, to have those guys involved when we do activations or events and have them really uh, lead the charge is an awesome thing. And uh, the way we're able to wrap beer into our... We do an art gallery series. We've been doing it for several years now. Actually, the ultimate inspiration for our whole... We do a lot of collaborations, whether it's beer, apparel, art, you name it, right? Music, obviously. But something we did about... Gosh, it's got to be, I think, also 2015. We launched a street art campaign called Tag the Jewels which ended up being a global thing. I think we have pieces it's still going like uh, on its own. I think six continents now. We had almost over 40 tags. And the brief was, just went out to street artists all over the world and said, you know, take these hands, the logo, and do whatever you want. That's the core image we want to project. And it ended up being so successful. And we saw how much love that these guys had from the street art community that the idea of collab doing these sort of larger scale collaborations was, was really born. And that turned into an art gallery series that we do called art, the jewels, which is also now international. And we've been able to wrap beer into some of those in London. We did it lasted for two months, but we launched a beer there called sea legs with deviant and dandy brewery out of London. And to have it there with the guys, we had a show, you know, with Queens of the stone age the next day, in London and all the art and all the folks from our world come down and all the fans. I think we had like 5,000 people come through the show, you know, total. And to be able to, to, to surface the beer and make people aware of the beer that way, because it's a really small brewery was great. And to have that be an, you know, a part of like a really great element of, of our launch 
it show it's just again you know with chicago i said earlier was the portal into like there would have been no like arthur jules london with the big beer activation if we hadn't done what we did in chicago because we never would have seen the possibilities you yeah. know because art and art and what kate and the gang did creatively in chicago was so cool by making big pieces in the pinball machine and you know da 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 it was a huge inspiration and we've kept that rolling too and, and we'll be doing it in new york next year a big art show along with a big collaboration which we can't really talk about yet but we will be soon so for me personally and professionally it's just so great to see it evolve like this and to see it scale and to see people really like the beer and um and people who didn't like I said earlier, people who weren't familiar with the music come to the music through the beer and really like that or come to it through the art. So all kinds of uh, touch points. But if you can bring them together into some sort of harmonic convergence, that's when things are really special. And that's what we try and do. Harmonic convergence. That's a good name for a, a beer at some a point. Beer, right, right. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our first one. Our yeah. first contract brew. Amici, you've mentioned contract brew a few times now, and I would like to know a little bit more about what that sort of next point looks like, because up until now, a lot of the projects have been collaboration beers with an associated event of some kind that has ideally lots of different sorts of, as you alluded to, touch points or different experiential possibilities for people that are involved. Contract gets to a point where items are in retail at a much potentially larger scale, depending on where you go. And that's almost a distribution first mm -hmm. perspective, which is a little different from working with the smaller producers. So I'm kind of curious mm -hmm. as to where the ship is heading as far as contract or even facility considerations too. Sure. Well, I will let Kate speak to most of that because she's the expert, but I will just say that for us as business people, as entrepreneurs, there's only so much so far you can take collaborations for both sides. And we love our partners and we're going to continue doing collaborations. But as a business, for us to be able to really take it to the next level and open up the doors that we can open up from the RTJ side, um, we have to do our own beer. For example, we're doing this tour with Rage Against the Machine next year. My goal is to get our beer poured in some of these venues if possible. We've done it before. We were on tour with Lord a few years ago and we got the beer poured in some venues and that's a game changer you know with our very first beer with as i mentioned with interborough we had a you know a, a run of sold out shows at a terminal five here in new york we had made the beer we went to them first night they really didn't take us too seriously they put us on a little you know beer cart and by the end of the run i think we did four sold out nights it was being poured at every bar at the venue because that's what fans want and if you know so we know that we can get it in venues and for us again as business people that's the next step and we can we can surface this beer in ways that i think a lot of small craft brewers can't by virtue of who killer mike and lpr and what they've built and and this is we're very serious about this it's not simply a hobby or something we're doing for kicks we're brand activations like we know there's we feel there's a future here but the only way to get there is to really do our own beer and we'll, we'll take it step by step hopefully have a bottle club up um, as well because we have such a strong e-com platform and to be able to leverage that we will be introducing e-com um, purchasing soon too but as far as the new horizon i will let kate 
speak to uh, yeah. where we're looking to go. Well, I mean, something that has been important or that I've been made aware is important and sensed is that the idea of RTJ team as a whole being able to weigh in on the look, the feel, the beer, the type of beer has been really important. You know, there's been a couple other opportunities that were floated by these guys to maybe sign on with other other organizations to, to maybe get something going. And I know that they really want to be able to kind of lead the ship a little bit on what sort of beers um, RTJ is making. So yeah, I mean, Contract Brew definitely does give you the ability to scale up in volume, but also, you know, not necessarily, it doesn't have, always have to be at like a big producer. Um, so there's maybe the potential for in the future, as Amichi mentioned, in the nearer future, kind of leveraging the RTJ Ecom to be able to do sort of a um, more online distributed small batch release. So I think that would probably be just a really great way to kind of connect with people and be like, okay, we've been, you know, collaborating, but like, here we are. And um, really just sort of show what RTJ has been learning and um, put your best foot forward. So yeah, it's something that's being developed and talked about and thought about and very kind of excited to see it roll out eventually. It's a goal of theirs and, you know, a goal of mine as well. It certainly sounds like an incredible time to be doing this as well as there is increased capacity at many breweries in America. And on top of that, with the touring season, you know, really starting to Mm -hmm. hopefully uh, safely roll out. I know RTJ will be out with uh, Rage Against the Machine, and I'm sure there will be many, many, many more tours and live opportunities to showcase. And I, I think that the concessions part of the live industry has always been one of the weakest experiential components to live music. And so for an artist to find a way into that space and that component of people's experience, then it's a much larger opportunity to reach people as you've done in a lot of these like sort of pop-up things. Uh, Of course, the venues always have their own ideas as to what works and what's important, but it's great to be able to prove to them that something does work, right? Yeah, I think it's another way for the artist to curate the environment um, is sort of the way that I look at it is, you know, they're they're setting the lights, they're setting the the stage design, the set design, the mood, the everything. And then this is another way to kind of be like, hey, we're involved in your whole experience. And we've curated for you. And here's something that we've worked on as well to contribute to your experience. So, yeah, it's a... Another way to, to get involved in the overall concert going experience for sure. Get your RTJ head space on correctly. We got your beer for you. We got your yeah. we got your can we got your cannabis. You know, we've got a partnership with cookies and uh working on some other things like a mushroom tea. Crazy concert. Which is very <laughs> RTJ. So this is fun, man. Like it's hard. Like I'm having immense respect for people in the beverage and the craft community because it is so hard to succeed like music and you really got to want it. You really got to care. And and you also have to get lucky, but that's hopefully you can make your own luck. And this is something that we plan on doing for a long time, you know, and building beyond beer. Like that's been the crux of it. But as Kate mentioned, we've done the the coffee, we've done the hard seltzer and we're going to expand in whatever makes ways make sense. 
that the guys want to, like, we're not going to force anything, but you know, everything we do is an organic extension of them and they like to drink. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so we'll keep, uh, we'll keep making stuff for them to drink and their fans. These are some really incredible uh, and fun sounding business development opportunities and projects. Do you have any sorts of, as we kind of close up here, do you have any sort of parting considerations or, uh, or thoughts for the, for the listeners? Well, I hope those who do get a chance or have had a chance to try, you know, the beer we make, enjoy it and like it, continue to support what we're about. We'll continue and we'll continue to support the craft beer community in all the ways we can, because I'll say it again and again and again. It feels like there's a real strong kindred spirit. And that means a lot to us, right? It's not just about business. It can't be for us. It's got to be about something more. It's got to be about people. And it's got to be about community and, and making good stuff. Yeah, man. And I think it's just a pleasure to be involved in it and to be lucky enough to have someone like Kate on our team to help us take it to the next level and to, you know, learn so much as business people and craftspeople about something like this that we do care about. And the last thing I will do is I have to shout out my older brother who really turned me on to not just music as a kid, but craft beer. Even before we did the RTJ thing, he's such a craft beer fanatic. And, you know, all up on the websites and the ratings. And he really opened my eyes to that world. That was my spark, you know, even before RTJ, that there was something, something there. That's it for me. Thank you for having us, though. Real pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to shout out, um, not shout out, but, you know, just or bring up once again, the um, collaborations Never Look Back, which is uh, Green Bench Pilsner and All Due Respect, which is a molasses and corn grits strong ale being put out by Spaceway Brewing in um, North Carolina. Those are still around. And um, same thing for the Blockbuster Night Part One um, from Beer Gentlemen. So there's there's a lot that are still on, you know, shelves in those various communities and locations. So if you're interested, you know, those would be kind of some, some good things That's to right. check out. Oh, you know what? We should probably say for folks who may not know that all of our beers are named after Run the Jewels songs. So whether it's from Run the Jewels 1, 2, 3, or 4, every single beer has got a, you know, carries the name of one of their songs who we like to, uh, you know, that's important to us. And, you know, we get to do fun things like, occasionally get a beer into like a music video like we did with Ulala for that video and got our Ulala beer in the video. And we try and uh, we try and give our, our products and our collaborators shine in pretty fun ways. All amazing things. Amici, Kate, thank you so much for coming on Heavy Hops. It was a pleasure having you. Great. Thanks, Alexi. Yeah, Alexi. Pleasure was ours, man. <laughs>